welcome to this week's episode of the Unpaid Professionals, where we interview bushfire volunteers from all over Western Australia. My name's Sinead and I'll be your host. Although I'm not a firefighter myself, I currently work for the non-profit organisation that represents all of the volunteer bushfire fighters in WA. Today we're interviewing Jeff Briggs from Coconut Volunteer Bushfire Brigade located in the Shire of Harvey. Jeff, how are you today? Not bad, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good. Um, thank you so much for volunteering to share your story with us today. We really appreciate it. That's okay. All right, so um, I guess we'll start with how you got um, into volunteering. So how long have you been um, a volunteer for? Uh, I started in um, Armadale Volunteer Fire Brigade in the running team way back in about 1980, 81, because I had friends that I knew who were in the fire brigade and they said, um, you're a pretty good runner. How, how would you like to join the, fire, the running team? And I said, oh, yeah, what do you have to do? He goes, run, <laughs> carry hoses and run. I said, oh, yeah, should, should be good. And then from there, I sort of developed into the uh, firefighting side of things. And um, yeah, that, that was where it all started. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so um, was Armadale, was it a fire and rescue brigade because it was more metro or? Yeah, yeah, I suppose because we used to, um, we trained in breathing apparatus and everything and done structural fires and went to, uh, done hot fire drills at BP Refinery in Quinana and done the smoke tunnel stuff. So yeah, but back in those days, we didn't have the jaws of life as they've got today yeah. and the rescue for on that side of things. But um, yeah, pretty much I'd say fire and rescue. Yeah, okay. Um, so just for our listeners who aren't really, you know, familiar with the firefighting space, um, would you be able to explain some of the main differences between like a fire and rescue brigade and a bushfire brigade? Well, I'm, I'm in a position where I'm, I actually worked underground as well. While I was working underground, I was in the um, emergency response firefighting lines rescue team. And we covered every spectrum of firefighting, First aid, um, hazardous chemicals, explosions, um, you know, confined spaces and smoke and all that sort of stuff. So I guess as the difference is with bushfire fighting, we don't we sort of stay clear of structural fires. We we, we sort of go in as, as support for um, the other emergency services. So if the fire escapes the containment of you know, say a house. Uh, or a truck or whatever, we'll go in and take care of it in the bush to protect, um, well, secondary exposures, I guess you'd call them, um, other structures catching fire or the bush catching fire and a fire getting away from you and something small turning into something large. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So you've been able to apply like what you've learned in your work and um, obviously being a member of like different services to what you do now as a bushy. Yeah, uh, the underground mines rescue stuff was... Um, that was fire, firefighting as I knew it, me in the bushfire brigade or whatever. That was it on steroids uh, because you covered everything. We, we went down in smoke-filled mines with breathing apparatus, fighting. Um, we were in a unique place. We could light a fire underground. We had a five-level decline and an um, open pit out the back and high structures that we could train on, our abseiling on and all that sort of stuff. But um, when I got out of that and I moved down here and joined the Coconut Brigade, I've been with them for about 23 years now. So I'm not into the emergency um, response thing anymore because I don't work underground in the mines. 
Yeah, okay. But um, I wanted to keep going with the, the firefighting because um, it's just what you do. It's a bug. Once, you, once you've got it, you, once you've bitten, that's it. You, you're hooked. Yeah, completely understandable. So have you held um, any roles within the Coconut Brigade in your time or have you been an ordinary firefighting member? Oh, look, I, I try to stay away from the, um, the, the role. You know, like I've done logistics and stuff like that, but I'm more a um, bum and a seat person um, and getting the hose and go out and actually do what we need to do. Put fires out, put wet shit and hot shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think there's a lot of people um, who are in the same position as well. Like, um, so do you have many active firefighters at Cookinup? Yeah, we've um, we've got quite quite healthy um, numbers at the moment, and the, the the great part is, you know, we can go over and have a um, our monthly fire brigade meeting. And what takes me back is when you look at the people around the room, and you were down in Yarloop not that long ago, you see a lot of the people aren't young. We're all middle-aged or even higher, you know. So you can sit in a room with 16 other people, and you could have hundreds of years of firefighting experience sitting right there. You know, around like Yarloop, you know, like the experience we had on the fire ground um, in the Yarloop fires was just, Phenomenal, you know. We had we had thirty odd brigades there, you know. Yeah, you draw on everyone's strengths. Everyone's got a different thing to bring to the party, um, and yeah, it, it's it's great that, that sort of thing. You know, that, that's why I, I like it. You know, because you, you you're always learning. You never stop learning. There's always someone out there's had an experience that you haven't had, and can has input into what you the scenario you're in. Definitely, yeah. Um, I guess we'll move on to maybe um, the changes, so what it was like, you know, back in the 80s to what it's like now. I mean, obviously there have been quite a few big changes, but has there been anything that's, you know, really stood out? Yeah, back then we didn't have um, an air wing, helitax. We had spotter planes that go up, but the technology nowadays has sort of come forward, you know, we've got better equipment, Um I wouldn't say more of it, but we've got a lot more places where people build houses and they like to be as close to nature as possible until a fire comes along and they don't really like how close they are to nature. I think um, not much has really changed with the, the way we fight fires. I think we understand fire behaviour a lot more and we can actually map and track where a fire is going or what its behaviour is going to be or what the weather's, how the weather's going to affect it. But the actual getting bum on the ground with a hose hasn't really changed much. You, you still have to still have to people on the ground to get out and actually fight the fire. You mentioned Yarloop a bit. Would you be comfortable talking about your experience there? Yeah, that was that was. Um, I've been to a lot of nasty fires, but that one that one's right up there. Yeah. Were you called straight away when it happened? Yarloop fire actually really started for me oh, probably two days earlier than when it actually when it came through Yarloop because I, I work in a mine site and where we were there was a lightning storm that night. I was on night shift and where the fire actually initially started in Lane Pool Reserve was probably five kilometres as a crow flies from where I was actually working. So the fire started then, and then when it came through Yarloop, we um, the day before we could see the signs that this fire was huge. 
You know, we, we were getting embers being thrown 30 kilometres and landing in backyards and stuff. And up on the Harvey Dam, there was like a slick of oil with, with black charred leaves and bits of twig from embers that had gone up into the atmosphere and come down. So we knew it was going to be big. Nothing could have prepared us for what we actually faced when we actually deployed to the fire ground. It was really quite, wow, this is it, game on. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah. I've heard a lot of people saying until you're in it and you're there, the whole it just sounds so surreal. I've been to a lot of huge fires, you know, big, nasty, scary fires. But that was unique because that wasn't just a fire; that was a fire storm. That was like nothing else I've ever had to fight. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was an absolute fire storm. The, the conditions just built the con- the fire created its own atmosphere and there was just nothing you could do to stop it there yeah. yeah god were there any other you know major fires that have stood out in your time oh look we, yeah we've had fires um out in the, the forest uh, out collie way and um fires in the eastern states because as volunteers you know we just don't stay in our own area we um we're actually a bit uh, insane when you think that we actually volunteer to go to other places to fight other people's fires. But um, there's been a lot of fires. When I was back in Armadale, we had a big escarpment fire one night. And so everywhere from Gosnells along the, the escarpment, Kelmscott and Armadale was all alight. And that, yeah, that was a big, about a five-day fire. And, uh, yeah, didn't get much sleep for five days with that. Look, there's plenty of other fires I've been to that we've been fighting for um, days and days at a time and you think you've got it under control and the weather changes, the wind changes and bang, she's off again, you know? Yeah. So were you involved in um, the recent fires? Oh, yes. I was actually up in the Wandawi fires. I deployed up there for two nights. We had a strike force they organised from the southwest, so we took our unit up and there was about I know, 10, 10 units or so from down this area that went up there. It's funny, you see, it's great to get together with all the different brigades, you know, that, that come to your fires or you meet them at fires. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we've got time for a little bit more, but um, I guess I just wanted to ask you, is there anything that you'd have to say to someone who's, you know, thinking about potentially becoming a firefighter? Look, it, it's not for everybody. I mean, we've, we've had new members come out and we've taken them to, to one small fire and they've just gone, nah, this isn't me. Um, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, you know, firefighters, you're, you're brave, you're all this sort of stuff, you know, you're heroes. We're just ordinary people. And really, it's like going underground. I've, I've been underground with people that you, you've got them inside the portal heading down. They've just gone, nah, 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 take me out. I can't do this. Or you've got people who can't go in airplanes or trains or whatever. It's not for everyone, but if you do like a bit of adventure and you've got a bit of nerve and all that, and a little bit crazy like most of us, it is very rewarding. And I'd recommend, yeah, give it a go because the, the feeling of achievement and um, giving back to your community and society in general and just doing your bit, uh, yeah, it's, it's very rewarding. I'd recommend it. Give it a go. I mean, we don't all go, go out to fires and get fried. Um, we might get a little singed at times, but not fried. Perfect. Well, um, thank you so much for your time this morning, Jeff. No worries. 
Unpaid professionals is authorised by Bushfire Volunteers, ABM 88309326546, www.bushfire.org.au.